Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jeremy Evans, alongside my co-host, Mike Adams. Jeremy, how are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm good, but you did the countdown and you never say two, but you said two this time. Oh, really? You used to go five, four, three. And then I go silent. And then you go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in your world <laughs> right now, but. No, my bad. Oh, that's How are right. you doing? No, I'm good. I'm yeah? good. Yeah. 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 Just got back from vacation, took the family to Disneyland with six grandkids, all under seven years old. Oh, wow. How was that? Actually, no, all under eight. One's, one's eight. Uh, it was a lot of work, Jerry. It wasn't a vacation then? No, it was fun. It was fun. But it's fun, but it's lot tiring. Of work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm good. All right. So you're you're rejuvenated. I yes. Uh I haven't had any vacation, but I feel rejuvenated because we're having a special guest today. We have a great guest. A, a good friend of ours that we've become friends over the last year or so, Doug Hoffman. Um, for those of you that are in the mold uh, remediation or or mold uh uh, certification or just in the mold industry in general. I've probably heard of of Doug. He's been around the industry a while and kind of made a, a good name for himself, especially in the last several years as a as a as a quality um instructor on how to mitigate mold, how to how to how to uh build your home such that it's going to be less inclined to grow mold. He's got a book on that that we might talk about here a little bit later. And so I'll give a little bit um, Doug, you're already online, but we're going to give you a little introduction here. Um, Doug is the founder and executive de- director of Normie. So, you know, we've talked about Normie a, a time or two on here, I think, but th- there are a couple of uh, organizations that do training and certification for mold remediators. And Normie is one of the top premier organizations out there. Um, it stands for National Organization of Remediators and Mold Inspectors. Is it mold inspectors or microbial inspectors? It's microbial inspectors. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a change, right? Good catch, Mike. It was a change yeah, about yeah. a year and a half ago. <laughs> I forgot about that. Good well, catch. <laughs> just when people think I'm not paying attention in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I surprise them. Yeah. That, that is a, we won't go into it, but there, that's a, that's an important distinction, right? Right, Doug? Yes, it, it is. is. It so is. Um, his life passion has been helping people understand how to live healthier indoors and empowering them with the ability to, ha- to have clean air. I remember you saying one time in your book, I think that you, Spent part of your career uh, building homes that made them moldy, and then now you're doing the rest of your career to reverse the effects of some of those early mistakes that you saw in the industry. So yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Doug, we're, we've been glad to get to know you, and we're glad you you've come on the podcast. We've we found great synergy with Doug, and and uh, we kind of have that shared vision of trying to help people uh, live happier, healthier lives. Um, by helping the microbial, you know, load in their homes and and things like that. So, welcome, Doug. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, Mike and Jeremy, great to be with you today, and excited to share some information. I think one of the things that uh, that I love doing is teaching and training, and I think I've, I've always believed that the person that's the best trainer is the one who can take complex subjects and make them easy to understand. And uh, that's what we try to do in our training programs. And I appreciate your recognizing that. And and hopefully today we're going to take a subject that sometimes 
a little complex and uh, make it simple so that we all understand how it can affect our health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah. Well, I guess if you had to encapsulate the topic of what we're going to talk about under one umbrella, what would you say? Because I've read through. Well, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely under the indoor air quality uh, discussion. And it's, uh, we're talking about uh, how our houses become contaminated. We don't often think about uh, air infiltration and moisture intrusion problems, but that's one of the most uh, common ways that houses uh, get contaminated indoors. And then because we don't deal with it correctly, we build little toxic soups that we live in. So, so yeah, yeah I think to, if that helps kind of focus on what we're going to be talking about, that's, that's the idea. Yeah, I like it. And, and let's, let's jump right in there. We, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but the construction, because that's kind of your background, construction background. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about mm -hmm. some of the changes that you've seen in that construction industry that have either contributed to or, or possibly helped with you know, microbial growth indoors, but what have you seen? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So I'm going to go back really old because I'm an old guy, uh, but I can go back into the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And I remember when I was growing up, I grew up in Florida and I grew up in the construction industry. My dad was a plumbing contractor, as you know. And so I grew up in the construction industry, started working over the summers. This was back before they actually had child labor laws. So when I was 13, 14, 15 years old, my dad told me, he said, uh, I'm going to teach you the plumbing trade, son, and you may never use it, but you'll never go hungry. And uh, he was yeah. exactly right. So I learned the construction trade. And back then we were building block houses, essentially uh, uh, concrete masonry unit houses. And believe it or not, they didn't even have any insulation on the inside walls. They would put up furring strips and then drywall right over the top of it. So I remember in the 60s and 70s when they started insulating houses. Well, so they were moving toward tightening them up. And as they began to tighten them up, and that's one of the big changes that's happened. They've gone from that now to houses like the one that I built for myself. As you know, that's a monolithic foam home, incredibly tight house. Um, that difference has made a huge difference, not only in the way we live indoors, but the way we react to our indoor environments, because now we've really tightened them up. And that's why I addressed this subject uh, so comprehensively, I guess, in my book, In Mold-Free Construction, uh, because that's probably one of the biggest changes. The other big change, of course, is the products that we're using. And it used to be we were using wood and concrete, and now we're using plastic. Almost everything is plastic and PVC and petroleum products and off-gassing stuff. And, you know, so, yeah, completely different kind of view of homes today than it was certainly when I was growing up. So, so you know, with, with that tight, that tightening up word, you know, we tighten up our homes. I thought about that wording. I think it's kind of funny. But, yeah, we do. Yeah. We, uh, like you said, the insulation is part of that tightening up, right? Is what That's you're right. saying. And then that's right. And the, and weather then, stripping, uh, weather stripping the, yeah, the whole wrap that we do around the homes that that came about the, the Tyvek wrapping that they do. When did that start? That started in the late 80s, early 90s. So this was all as a result of uh, the Jimmy Carter days when we yep. started. Uh, there was an oil embargo and everybody was concerned. I remember uh, car 
getting gas and it being rationed, you know. Yeah, we waited for hours uh, for gas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Get gas every other day, you know, based on your license plate or whatever it was. My point is, is that the Carter days is when they really started tightening things up. Weather stripping was hard to buy. I'll tell you a funny story, Jeremy. I don't know if you know what a jalousy window is, but uh, when I was growing up, my house, my house had jalousy windows. And what that was, was essentially strips of glass that are four inches uh, wide. And they just kind of sit against each other. It's like a, almost like a, yeah, they, they're layered almost like a, a cabana shutter. Oh yeah, so yeah you, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so you open it up or you close it yeah. and there's this huge gap between each layer of glass. Yeah. Well, I remember at our house in the, in the mm-hmm. late 70s, going through and putting weather stripping between every single one of those panes of glass. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All the way around the house. <laughs> we did a we did well, a church so, house in Kauai that had those windows around the entire church house. In yeah, Hawaii. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Which was great around. for ventilation. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Well, and, and you know, isn't that how it goes? You know, as you see innovation, even still, I mean, they're, they're innovating in the construction industry, you know, in the plumbing, in all the industries, there's innovation. And you That's always right. have to wait to see. Well, the pendulum always swings too far. Yeah. You know? y- yeah. They, they want to fix a problem and it goes a little bit too far this time fixing that. Yeah. yeah but you, but you don't see it for the, you know, you don't, you don't see it immediately. It might be a few, five, 10 years down the line, line before you start to see the effects of maybe that, that decision. It, I think that's right. And it's uh, I, I put it in the category of giving the absolute benefit of the doubt uh, that the motivations are right for the changes that we make. It's yeah. the uh, unintended consequences. Yeah. It's the things we don't know are going to happen when we make this choice. And, and I think that's what happened then because there was this conflict between conflicting interests, basically between energy savings and how is it affecting our indoor air quality? And there wasn't ever a consideration about both. Yeah. So let's, let's launch into that. Tell us about, so the unintended consequences. Yeah. We're, cause our homes are definitely much more energy efficient. I can I can attest to that. I live in an older home right now that was built in the '60s, and you can it feels drafty, you know. Right now in the winter, we're in the '30s, uh, getting down into the '30s Fahrenheit, and you can feel the draftiness in certain parts of the home. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not quite as tight as as the newer homes, but yeah. What are those in, unintended consequences? Talk. Let's talk about those. So I'll tell you one thing that's interesting, Jeremy. You may or not know, but there are some cities now. Uh, San Antonio is one of them that requires that you do a blower door test when you build the house you, uh, after you finish the house before they'll give you a certificate of occupancy to prove that you've constructed a very tight home. So, mm, so it's becoming part of legislation across yeah. the country to build these these really really tight homes, mm. and so. There's good to it, and as long as it's balanced, as long as you understand exactly what you're doing, I think there's some real benefits to having a house that's really tightened up where you don't have a lot of the air infiltration issues that are are going to contaminate our indoor environments. Yeah, so... um, Well, let me... I was going to throw in just a... This is off the subject just a little bit, but along the same time that we started wrapping the houses tighter, like, you know, late 70s, early 80s, we also, maybe it was in the 70s, that huge switch to uh, sheetrock or drywall as opposed to lap and plaster walls. Um, and then also particle wood or particle board or, you know, um, 
Crestwood came along. Yeah. And and I often think that that stuff just led to all kinds of mold problems. Um, you know, you you put a drop of water on a piece of lumber, a good piece of lumber, that water just sits on it, right? You put a drop of water on sheet or on uh, pressed wood or particle board, it immediately soaks in. And so we've done some dumb things as well. With the um, building materials. With the building materials and the changes with the with what we've done. Yeah. 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 Would you agree with that, Doug? No, absolutely. I think you're exactly right. I think uh, we don't, obviously you're not going to build a house out of stainless steel, but no. the bottom line is, is if you don't consider what kind of products that you're using and where you're using those products, absolutely, you're going to create some problems with them absorbing moisture where otherwise other products absolutely wouldn't. So yeah, I think right. you're right. Yeah. And so, you know, with, with air infiltration, that's kind of where we're going, air and moisture filtration, but, but with the, the tightening of the homes and, and minimizing the air infiltration from outside to the inside, because this is actually something I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I want to hear the negative consequences of it, but cause, cause you do often hear, and I, I actually, in many cases out here in Utah where, where it's dry air, I've, I've kind of, there are many cases when I think, yeah, we, we do need that fresh air to come in and, and it kind of helps fresh moving air, you know, can often be a good remedy for, you know, for, for some issues. So talk us through a little bit, because it sounds like you're saying air infiltration, generally we want to mitigate from coming inside. Talk about the consequences of that and, and, and what, what we need to do about it. Sure. Sure. Well, the air infiltration issues that we're talking about, I think, um, are a little bit different in the south than they are in the north, the different in dry and clim uh, dry climates uh, versus uh, high humidity clim climates where we are. But mm -hmm. but the, I guess what's common with all of that is that, yes, fresh air is a really important um, addition to our having, I think, good air quality. You've got to dilute the contaminants. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know that's one of the things that EPA says, the answer to indoor air quality pollution is dilution. And there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, if you take a you take a glass of oil and you put it in the ocean, it's not going to have much of an effect. <laughs> but you put a glass of oil in your sink, you know, now you got a problem. So mm -hmm. the idea of just the volume of air that you could bring in from the outside uh, makes a big difference in terms of diluting the contaminants. But from an air infiltration issue, I think what we don't think about, Jeremy, are the things that you don't see that's coming in with that air on the airstream itself. And even if you're in the north and you're dealing with dry air, so you don't have a relative humidity problem, which we have in the south, when you're bringing air in from the outside, you're bringing in high relative humidity, much yeah. higher than you want indoors, 70, 80% yeah. in some cases. Yeah. But besides that, what about the stuff that you can't see? The pollen, the mold spores, uh, the microbes that are floating on whatever it is that's outside that's floating around in the air, those nanoparticles that you can't see. You see them in a shaft of light in the morning, you know, when you're looking at your bedroom window. Well, all of that stuff is in the air outside as well. And so now what's happening is that like a little magic carpet ride, it's riding on that stuff and the microbes are riding with that stuff as it comes in through those cracks and crevices in the windows and the doors. And so that's what I think actually needs to be mitigated. And there are a couple of ways to do it. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have uh, so tight a house that you have no air infiltration. That wouldn't be a smart idea. 
But the the idea and the way we approach it, and I certainly did with my house when I built that, is to have a place where I am bringing fresh air in through a fresh air makeup, and now I'm controlling the air that comes into my house. So I'm still bringing air in from the outside, but in my, my case and the way we train on this and my thoughts are, yeah, I'm going to bring it in, but I'm such an indoor air quality geek that I'm going to make sure that it's cooled or heated and filtered and purified before it ever comes into the environment. And you can't do that if you're just allowing the cracks and crevices to bring that fresh air in. I see. You know, years ago, I, I was a maintenance manager for a pretty good sized company. And we had a we had a big fancy computer controlled HVAC system for our plant. I think our plant was maybe eighty thousand square feet or something. It was a big plant, but I could control. I, I think they called them the economizers. I could control the yeah. economizers and decide how much fresh air I wanted versus how much do you want to try to save on your electricity bill, you know. And right. I was always like, "Look, man, we all just seem way more productive if we get lots of fresh air in here." So I kind of. It wasn't my money. So I just, I just, I didn't worry about the electricity bill. I just yeah. turned that thing up and got as much fresh air in that building as I could. And it, it, it paid off. Especially a plant yeah. where you've got yeah. chemicals and right. kind yeah. of stuff like that. Exactly. In there. Yeah. So yeah. it does kind of sound. Share... Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just going to share a, a concept with you. I'm talking about just kind of making it easier to understand. Um, when your house is, is under negative pressure, if it's a vacuum, and you're sucking air in through the cracks and crevices from the outside, one of the ways that you could mitigate that is by opening a window, right? Because all the air is then gonna go through the path of least resistance. It's gonna go through that window before it ever goes through a crack or crevice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the concept of fresh air makeup. If you can control fresh air coming into the HVAC system, like Mike just talked about, you're bringing air in from the outside, but you're controlling it. And because mm -hmm. it's the path of least resistance, then it's going to lower the chance of it coming through those cracks and crevices. Yeah. You know, um, Doug, Jer or, uh, Jeff, Jeff and I were just down in California helping a lady out uh, remediating her home. She hadn't been able to live in this home for a couple of years. And um, we treated it and it, she said it's better, but it's still not quite right. And I didn't think it was, I, I left the day we treated it. I left and I thought, well, I don't think we got it, Jeff. I, I told Jeff, I don't think we've got it. Went back the next day, started to really look around because it was rainy the first day and kind of later on in the afternoon. So we really started looking around and we had treated the crawl space, but I hadn't really looked at the crawl space that close. Mm -hmm. But what I did the second day is I took, they she had two um, hatches that went into the crawl space from the inside of the house. One was in the master bedroom and one was by the front room. I took both of those covers off and just put clear plastic over the covers and taped them mm -hmm. tight. Mm -hmm. Those That plastic blew up like a balloon. I mean, yeah. so it told me all of her crawl space air is ending up in that house. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, so it's amazing. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.